when you hear the audiobook, you're going to have one version of that book. But a version I'm also interested in is the version that exists in the reader's head. Writing that story was hard enough, but revisiting these moments was emotionally difficult. So I came home most days quite exhausted. It really shows to me how much of a poet of the page I am. And it really taught me that I need to navigate a vocal performance. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet poet Gabriel Dosal, professor and theologian Esau Macaulay, and writer J. Michael Martinez. Listen in to hear how they each channeled their struggles and difficulties into works of full-pictured honesty and hope. Enjoy. Hi, this is Gabriel Dosal, author of The Border Simulator. I wrote my book because I wanted to show what the border is like through my experience. Through the news, you hear about only the bad things that happen at the border. And I wanted to make sure that not only do we shine light on these important moments of the border, but we also show the life the vividness, the jokes, the humor, the wordplay of the border. I also wanted to write about our current moment in terms of technology. On the surface, the book is about the U.S.-Mexico border. But once you go deeper, I'm also commenting on how we live our lives through screens. Many of our formative experiences happen through social media, through apps, through our phones. So I'm trying to combine these two worlds and get across what it's like to live perhaps at the border in 2023 when I'm recording this. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be exhilarating. And why? Well, I mean, kind of roller coasters are exhilarating, right? I mean, I want the book to be heard in the way that I meant it. You know, there's often... In poetry especially, there's a difference between how you experience the work on the page because of the line breaks, because of the artfulness of the way it's laid out on the page, and from that and the way that you hear it. So when you hear the audiobook, you're going to have one version of that book. But a version I'm also interested in is the version that exists in your, the reader's, head and you, the reader's, imagination and how you experience it. Everyone will have their own individual experience. So having that in the back of my mind and recording the audiobook, it was exhilarating. Is there a word or phrase that you realized you didn't know how to pronounce? Yes, I realized we had trouble pronouncing use, which is like a baby goat, I believe. But E-W-E-S, and we had to look it up. Use, that's how you pronounce it. I'm excited that listeners will hear the longer poems in the collection. My poems have a kind of voicey monologue quality. And I think in the longer poems that we read that I recorded today, you get to hear the momentum sort of build up in those longer poems. So those were kind of like my favorite sections to record, but also the kind of more stressful because it's like a high wire act. I prepared for the audiobook recording by reading my poems out loud over and over again. I tried to stay hydrated, but it was hard because I need my coffee. But also talking to Natasha Tiniakos, who made the 
Spanish translation. We talked about our strategies for practicing and recording, and a lot of that is just reading the poems out loud to each other. I think if I had to record again, I would bring a big bottle of Pedialyte or kind of like an electrolyte drink to keep myself hydrated. Another thing I would change is it was a kind of a nervous experience at first, and then I kind of hit my stride. So I, I would try to bring more confidence into the recording room, but I loved every moment of it. If I had to choose someone to narrate my book, it would be Daniel Borzutsky. So Daniel Borzutsky is an author, a poet from Chicago. He won the National Book Award for his book, The Performance of Being Human. I love the way he reads his poetry. And it has a similar energy. I kind of call Daniel Borzutsky the death metal poet because his poetry sounds like what I imagine death metal would sound if it was poetry. The last great audiobook, and it's one I return to all the time, is Greed by Elfrida Jelinek. It's also the only book of hers that has an audiobook in English because she writes in Austrian German, and it's the only audiobook of hers. And I think it's amazing. I listen to it all the time. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is in the car, driving, commuting to work, or at the gym, or anytime I take a long walk. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. The border simulator, like the real border, was made up of narratives that passed inspection. Ports of entry poems that have artificial rivers, have brother and sister, stream down holographic mountains in an attempt to reach the lower valley's work floor. This brother and sister duo Primitivo and Primitiva are parts of a border story that exist versus invented ones, and the stories are looking for work. Hi, this is Esau McCauley, author of How Far to the Promised Land, one black family story of hope and survival in the American South. I was inspired to write my book because I had gone through a lot of difficult times in my life. And when I looked towards my past, I had seen only darkness. And I felt like in order for me to heal and move forward, I need to find some beauty in that darkness. And so I began working on this book as a way of writing a different and truer ending to my story. But I also hoped that in my return to the past, and finding beauty amongst difficult things, it might inspire other readers to have the courage and the ability to return to their past and find something beautiful. Because one of the hard things for people to really appreciate is that even if you grow up poor and you go through difficult things, there's joy there and there's love there. And I wanted to tell a story that included both the joy and the darkness, but also in with a little bit of hope. If I had to describe using one word what it was like to record my audiobook, it would be taxing. And I would say it was taxing because this book tells the story of me and generations in my family. And writing that story was hard enough because that involved its own form of revisiting. But revisiting these moments was emotionally difficult. So I came home most days quite exhausted, even the last day of recording, where I had to recount the story of my father's passing and delivering the eulogy at his funeral. 
it was an emotionally taxing experience is how I would describe it. In the context of recording this audiobook, it made me reconsider a thousand different <laughs> writing choices. Because if I knew I had to pronounce those words back to back, I would avoid putting too many B's or T's or vowels next to each other in consecutive phrases. So I found out that I was not nearly the good reader that I thought I was. But I also realized that I don't think I can say the word turmoil, turmoil very well. So if you hear this, if you buy the audiobook and you hear me Butcher Tormoral, please have mercy on me. I think I've said it differently each of the three times, so I could not say that word apparently. My favorite section to record was the chapter Fools Fall in Love, which tells the story of me meeting and falling in love and eventually marrying my wife. And in a story that is kind of dark and complicated in ways, I just like the indulgence of being able to tell a love story. And I really like my wife, and I hope that everybody else likes her too by the end of that chapter. The part that I'm most excited about people hearing was probably the most difficult to record, which was Fathers and Sons Revisited. And that tells the conclusion of the narrative that begins with my father passing away in the opening of the book, and it returns to that narrative at the end. That was an important part of the book for me to write, and it was very moving for me to read, and I'm looking forward to the listeners hearing that as well. I wish that I could say I prepared to record my audio book <laughs> in some way other than showing up and hoping for the best. But this is, I think, my third audio book that I've recorded. And so I had some idea of the process. One of my jobs is I'm a professor and a teacher. And so it's part of my job to communicate. So I just tried to read the book with as much enthusiasm as I could while keeping the flow of the narrative itself. And it took me a while every day to kind of slide into the rhythm where the words and the sentences and the paragraphs flow together, and I hope that comes across in the listener. If I had to record this again, what would I bring into the studio that I didn't have the first time? A silent air conditioner, because it was very hot <laughs> in the studio, and I sweated most of the time. It was very warm. I think I also might have had a picture of my family to kind of make it a little bit more warm and homey. And maybe some snacks. I guess that would have been nice to have, too. More snacks. If I could get anyone to record my audiobook and it was not going to be me, it would be Denzel Washington or Viola Davis. Denzel Washington, because his voice contains so much pathos and emotional range. that As famous as Denzel is, whenever I watch a movie, I do sometimes forget that it's Denzel and I get lost in the performance. And Viola Davis might seem strange because it's obviously written from the perspective of me, a male in the narrative. But the stars of the narrative are often the women. My grandmother on both sides, Wavon and Lori and Sophia and my mother. And so having a black woman tell that story, I think, would be powerful. And she's a great narrator as well. So I don't think you can lose with either Denzel or Viola. Everybody has a dream of their book going into a movie. And I always thought that if they ever made a movie, I want Denzel and Viola to play my parents. So this is my way of saying if they won't make the movie, maybe they can do the audiobook. I listen to audiobooks probably way too much. I've realized that I've gotten more into binging audiobooks than even like binging television shows. And I really get sad when my audiobook is over and I don't have one immediately line up. I'm actually between audiobooks right now. I need to find a new series. But one that was particularly well done that I listened to recently 
was the biography of Frederick Douglass. It's called A Prophet of Freedom. And the reason that was so important to me is I'd never read a very long historical book in audio form. And I had trouble getting into the book when I was reading it. And I was on a road trip and I just popped it in and the narrator did such a good job that I found myself enthralled and I listened to the whole thing over the course of a week. So that was one that I listened to recently that I really enjoyed. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks now is either driving in my car or when I'm taking my dog on a walk around the neighborhood. Sometimes I'll go an extra block to finish a chapter or so. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. In March 2019, I agreed, after much hesitation, to join a panel at the University of North Carolina. Having committed to a speaking engagement in Tennessee the following evening, I'd initially demurred. But in a last-ditch effort to convince me to come, the organizer informed me that the Grammy Award-winning recording artist Lecrae would be the other speaker and panelist. Providence was with him because the day coincided with the birthday of my oldest son, Luke, and Lecrae happened to be one of Luke's favorite hip-hop artists. How could I resist? Hi, this is J. Michael Martinez, author of Tarta Americana. I wrote my book because I wanted to communicate to my nieces and nephews my history of neurodiversity to capture what it means to struggle when you are cognitively different and encountering racial and gender questions in one's life. And I hope to be able to communicate that to them. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word be syntactically complex. That's not one word, it's two, but maybe we can combine them. The reason why is reading out loud some of my visual poems, it really shows to me how much of a poet of the page I am, and it really taught me that I need to navigate a vocal performance when I don't have a loop pedal with me to kind of play off of. I realized I had trouble pronouncing um, dandelion lecipsum. I forget that. Even right now, I'm having trouble. I'm excited that listeners will hear Veils Through Veils. That poem is very important to me. And that they'll be able to hear the letters in my voice, as I think that intonation in the reading of those is so important, and I'm very thankful that. That was probably my favorite time to record was the reading of the letters as I was able to kind of capture the kind of nuances of articulation that those letters need. I prepared for the audiobook recording by going over the entire book. And as I recorded, I realized perhaps I could have read closer. If I had to record again, I'd bring a photo of my family with me into the studio because they were the people I was imagining I was talking to when reading the book. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Deftones Chino as the audiobook reader because the Deftones are amazing and Chino has an amazing voice. The last audiobook I listened to that I loved was, and this is slightly embarrassing, a novel in the 40K universe 
the end and the death. It's the recent conclusion of 40K's sci-fi series. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks, and the only place I listen to audiobooks generally, is in the bath, which, I hate to admit it, I take way too many baths. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Thank you. Bent to pavement, black top, brown face, skin knee. In the narrow where fallow shadows grip, veils through veils, though face sheared, you crushed to me. Did fame flay you white for white fame's white need? Name knelt, name split, what price for white conscript? Bent to pavement, black top, brown face, skinned knee. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.